Do you hate selling? Do you feel like you're just no good at it at all? Well, join the club, you and so many other people. Welcome to Network Marketing Success Secrets. I'm your host, Gloria McDonald. On this podcast, I'm going to share with you all of my best tools, tips, ideas, and techniques to help you get more leads, have a steady stream of highly qualified prospects coming in every single day, close more sales, and recruit more team members so that you can spend more time doing the things you love and less time doing the things you don't. I'm curious, let me ask you, how much could you really achieve and accomplish if you had a clear, simple, and proven roadmap to success and a mentor who knows how to guide you each step of the way? In this moment, you're standing on the threshold of an amazing life, and it's time for you to walk across that threshold to finally achieve your dreams with clarity and confidence, no matter how big your dreams may be. I know you can achieve these dreams because you are amazing, genius, and divine. Now let's get to the episode. I want to welcome my guest today, Merrick Khan, who started off selling very early in life, learning from her little old grandma, the Avon lady. Merrick is now the CEO of Select Sales Development, Stop Selling, and start getting selected. I love that, Merit. Let's get selected. So uh, I know that you've got a a framework that you call Open for Business, and there are three elements to this framework. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, we just came out of a really uh, challenging marketplace, and I think, you know, we've been through challenging marketplaces in the past, but I was really uh, struck by all my clients and different people that I was listening to around, you know, in the business circles saying, what can we do to be open for business in spite of anything, right? So it really, it, it helped me really identify that for for many years, I opened my sales, sales management, training, coaching, consulting business in 1998. And at that time, really what I was helping people do was have good sales conversations once they were in a sales conversation. So, right. you know, that's great. If you, you could have the greatest process in the world, you could have the greatest sales conversations in the world. But there was one thing that nobody was talking about that needed to happen before that conversation took place. And that was, you needed to be in front of somebody and having a conversation with somebody who had an open mind, who could actually receive the value from the conversation and the solutions that you were about to provide. I started talking about it with my clients, and then I brought the message to um, audiences that I would speak to as an opening keynoter. Um, and, And really the message is, open minds, close deals. And the first step to a closed deal is really an open mind. So we really recreated what we now call the open for business framework. And it's made up of three parts because it acknowledges that before your skills and actions, which you learn about in traditional sales training circles, can really work for you, you have to really bring a strong supportive mindset to the the opportunity. And so mindset, what you think, mechanics, what you say, and motion, what you do, 
are the three main parts of the open for business framework. And I really believe that what gives people an edge, especially in today's day and age, is focusing on that mindset. And I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, they'll they'll say like, oh yeah, you know, I need to work on my mindset, my sales mindset, my success mindset. And they're like, that sounds good. What do I do? Meditate? Like get more sleep? Like how do I do that? Yeah, right. Uh, and so we've identified three very specific things that you can focus in on to strengthen your sales mindset. Um, and that is your internal mind. That's what you say to yourself. Right. There's your behavioral mind. That's what your actions are saying to other people. And then there's your emotional mind. And that's really how well you understand your own emotions and the impact you have on other people and the impact that your emotions has on you when you're out there in the world um, interacting with human beings. Cool. So along that note, how can understanding your own emotional intelligence help people in sales? So there's about 15 emotional intelligence attributes that we can assess for in in a scientifically validated assessment tool. And two of them are uh, uh, empathy and assertiveness. Now, Obviously, if you are in a relationship business, which sales is very much a relationship business, so you want to make sure that you have a certain level of empathy for others, right? You need to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You also have to be assertive enough to present your solutions to somebody that is an appropriate match. But you can't be overboard with that because that comes across as aggressive and pushy and manipulative and salesy and nobody wants to do that. And that's really why we call our company Select Sales Development. We spell it S-E-L-L-E-C-T. We want you to sell, but we don't want you to be salesy about it. We want you to uh, we want you to be selected by your prospects for the the benefit of your solutions. And we want you to select your best fit you know, clients as well. So there's this mutual selection instead of being pushy. Um, but I digress. So, so you have empathy and assertiveness. You have to have those in balance. So if somebody, if a sales professional brings too much empathy to the party and not enough assertiveness, then they're going to make sales calls, which will sound like, Hey, I'm just touching it, checking base, t- checking in, you know, like where are we at with this? I just wanted to see, you know, how are you doing? And, you know, honestly, they're more concerned about making friends than closing deals. And that's not going to get you the sales results you want. On the flip side of that, if you're too assertive without a balance of empathy, that that's the one that sounds like, you know, so uh, I pitched that deal. Are we doing it? Like, did how many of the widgets did you want to buy? Right. And they're too aggressive. So that guy does not getting any business either. But when you balance it out, it sounds like this. And and this was the the coaching that I was giving uh, during the pandemic. And so I think if we use an example, that's an extreme universally shared experience. You can back that into um, any kind of marketplace situation. But sure. at that time, you know, to balance and, and demonstrate empathy and assertiveness, you would say to somebody, you know, I, first of all, I would just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. There's just so much that's beyond our control right now. Um, would you be open to having a conversation about the one thing that is within our control as it relates to the solutions that we have and the challenges that you shared with me? That's a great example of, I can be empathetic with you, 
but I can also be assertive when I know my solution is going to be helpful and an appropriate match. Absolutely. That's great. So um, those are the two most important uh, emotional intelligence attributes, empathy and assertiveness, right? And in your experience, what is the most important thing? You touched on these different things in terms of being successful, mindset, skills, or action. What's the most important out of that? Well, it's a great question because I, I, and I ask my audiences and my keynote you know, conferences I present to, I ask that question all the time. And it's always interesting to me. And there's usually, you know, hands go up in all three categories. It's a little bit of a trick question because obviously all three of them are important. Um, And I think whichever one you pick as whichever one stands out to you as the one that's the most important of the three, that's a clue that that might be the one that you want to lean into and do a little coaching and do a little reading and listening to some podcasts on that specific piece of the puzzle. But I also think they're interrelated. So if most people will start with skills, right? Like if I have a better command of what am I saying out there in a sales conversation or to generate business, then, uh, then I get more, you know, if I find that that sales conversation is working, it's going to add to my confidence. That's going to shift my mindset in a positive direction. That positive boost of confidence is going to have me want to take more action, right? So they all feed off of each other. If you're a person that is really focused on metrics and you love tracking and and it's a game for you to like make X number of calls and have right. this number of conversations, then you're going to feel mm-hmm. good about being in action. That might give you the practice to improve your skills, which gives you an improvement in your mindset. And then, you know, I think it's harder to start with mindset. But what I have found is when I work with clients on we do a belief inventory. And when we really isolate the things that they believe about decision makers, their own self-worth, what they think is a lot of money, when we kind of look and and strip away all of the drama uh, about those beliefs, and they get a chance to look at the beliefs that they have as, as they relate to business development, and then freely choose as an adult, you know what? That belief does not serve me. Right. Um, I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to do what we call redecide it. Um, or they can po- you know, powerfully choose a belief that has supported them. But that gives them a lot of power and control. Same thing with identifying the emotional intelligence attributes that are your strengths. You now know what you can lean into to uh, to be more effective in a selling situation. So I think all of, you know, it doesn't really matter where you start, but you do want to be aware of all three parts of the puzzle so that you can be your most effective self. Cool. So there have been so many advancements in technology over the last, well, you know, 10, 20 years. What do you think is more important in the the sales conversation uh, and the sales process? Do you think it's technique or is it technology? It's funny. Uh, I I had a podcast. We're not currently recording new episodes at this moment in time, but uh, the episodes are still out there. It's called The Smarter Sales Show. And my co-host on that show, uh, Julie Holmes, is a technology genius. And we started that, at, at, we started having conversations at the beginning of the pandemic because 
I didn't know how to reach out to people using technology. Uh, that was not my strong suit. And she wasn't sure what to say to people in this that kind of an em- environment. So we would have these conversations about tech and technique. And then we thought, you know, I think people would really, other people would like to eavesdrop on these conversations. This is good stuff. And as the more we talked, the more I started to convince her that technique was was very important. And she started to convince me that technology was important. <laughs> I think they're both important. If you are a great sales professional and you've had a lot of success, but you're not maximizing the tools that today's tech provides to sales professionals like analytics and uh, CRMs and auto responders and campaigns and uh, different things you could do to get more referral business, you know, using technology to support that, you're really, really missing the boat. And on the flip side, if you are so deep into your technology and you think an autoresponder or an email campaign is going to take the place of you understanding how to move something forward in a sales process, you're missing the boat too. So really the answer is you need both and you can be effective you know, in one area without the other, but you're probably working way harder than you need to. Absolutely. And I love technology and I use technology all the time. And what I found was the better I got at the sales conversation, the better my emails got, because I took all of the concepts of, uh, well, empathy and, um, you know, being able to actually ask for the sale. And I started and and understanding emotional intelligence and understanding different personalities. And I started putting those things into my emails, into my autoresponder. So I totally agree with you. The two really go hand in hand and, and you're going to be better if you're using both of them jointly, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I have to ask you this question. What, was the most important thing you learned from your little grandma, the Avon lady, either <laughs> that you should do or that you shouldn't do? Well, it's interesting. I, uh, I, I, I remembered the influence that she had on me as a very young girl when I was writing uh, the one woman comedy show about my life. And so really the, the, the stories, it had me look back into my life and I, I didn't, notice it. I didn't recognize it at first, but what I learned, my grandma, the Avon lady, um, she used to do these, she used to do house parties before that was really a thing. And she would invite all of her friends over. She would set up all the Avon products. At that time, Avon had all these, um, these figurines that were perfume bottles, really beautiful. And she would display them around the basement and her friends would come over. And my grandmother would say, didn't you say your daughter, Jenny was graduating uh, this May. Wouldn't this bottle make just a, a beautiful, you know, gift for her? And so she she used her relationships to not be pushy or salesy, but to ask good questions mm-hmm. that sparked people so that they go they had ideas like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. The other thing, so one, I learned ask what I call opening questions, like ask good questions, make people think, help people think deeper about, you know, their situation, what's important to them, that where your solution is a, is a good match. The other thing that she did was she prepared her environment. So, you know, when you think about that, your environment could be your Zoom screen, 
Mm-hmm. It could be, uh, you know, your website. It could be your appearance. It's your office. It, you know, be be thoughtful if you're choosing a restaurant. It's like really be mindful of the environment. Is it conducive to the conversation that you want to have and the outcome that you want? So I think that was kind of like a, a, a good lesson as well. But she also had a saying, like before every Avon party, she would say to me, okay, sweetie, dimples on. And my grandmother had the the deepest dimples. So if you're listening to us uh, you you and you can't see us, I have some pretty deep dimples myself. But um, you know, it's it was funny to me at the time, but what I understand about it now is like that was getting her game face on. Like yeah. whatever had happened, whatever drama was going on for her, she was really focused on the people that took their time and spent the effort and won, and she wanted to create a good experience for them. So for her, it was showtime. It was dimples on, and it's no longer about me. It's about how do I serve other people? And that that message stayed with me my whole life. That's great. That's fantastic. So you talked about asking good questions, which I think is, in my opinion, it's probably the single most important thing in the sales technique. Well, you have to, yeah, well, because you have to ask for the sale too. So that's a question as well. So what are some examples or, or how can you develop good questions to ask. And our audience are largely network marketers, affiliate marketers, which network marketers, of course, are very similar to Avon ladies, although we're not doing home parties much anymore at all. But so let's say I'm, I've got a weight loss product and I'm having a conversation. Let's say I'm having a zoom call with someone. Um, What are some questions that I should be thinking about to ask my prospect to have a more meaningful conversation that then opens up to having that prospect select me and whatever it is I'm promoting. Well, I think the first thing that we need to understand about that scenario is that, again, the first step to a closed deal is always an open mind. So before you launch into your spiel Mm -hmm. about how great your stuff is, you first want to ask a question to see if they're open to hearing about it. And so get yourself in their world, again, empathy, and ask something like, are you open to sharing with me what had you accept my my invitation to have this conversation today? Are you open to sharing with me what you've already tried around weight loss and maybe share with me a little bit about how that journey has been for you? Now, I'm not doing it to be manipulative. I'm not doing it to find that thing that I can, you know, turn around and turn into my sales, you know, pushy. Yeah. I really want to understand because if they've tried certain things that didn't work and my solution is another one of those that they've already tried in a different, you know, packaging, then, you know, we're not going to have a good, we're not going to be a good match, but are they really open and willing and able to do something different, to try something different? Are they are they coming to this conversation thinking, this is just going to be another one of those things that isn't going to work for me? Or are they really open to the idea that maybe they're ready now? Maybe this is different. Maybe it really is time to have a new relationship to your experience with weight loss. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to, you know, the last thing I'd want to do is present 
another option as a solution? And have you think, yeah, but this is going to be another one of those things. So I'm curious, before we even talk about what I've got and the case studies and all the 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 anal the, the uh, evidence and all the you know research, can, would you be open to sharing with me your experience um, and really help me understand from your perspective why this why you're ready for this time to be different? And right. you know, you help people step into that idea that this is going to be different, and I do want something, and I am ready. And the key phrase that I said there was, are you open to? And I I regularly say to people that those four magic words will literally transform your sales forever. Um, because it's very easy for me to say, you know, no, I'm not interested in that. You know, hey, can I tell you about my stuff? Nope, not interested. We're all conditioned to, to just automatically say that. But it's very hard for somebody to say they're not open to yeah. hearing about something because we all want to be identified as somebody who's open-minded. And there's lots of research that shows evidence of people wanting to be perceived as open-minded. So let's tap into that because it's of benefit to them, not because it's a manipulative tactic, but because I can't, they can't freely choose my solution uh, to, to accept or decline my solution if they're not open to even hearing it as a real possibility. So that's the very first thing I need to do. And I love something you just touched on there. Um, I had a sales coach who I learned so much from years ago, and she always said the purpose of a sales call is not to close a sale. She always said, and this was transformative to me, and it made it so much easier to go into the sales call. The purpose of the sales call is to help your prospect get a clear yes or a clear no. Yep. And totally it's agree totally with that. okay if your solution is not the right solution for them. And you don't want to sell your solution if your solution is not the right solution for them, right? I couldn't agree with that more. That's why I'm always saying, you know, you don't want to close sales. You want to close appropriate deals. Um, and appropriate means it's appropriate for them based on a number of factors, right? It really will solve the problem. It's appropriate for them to invest that kind of money or time or effort. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm looking to qualify or disqualify a prospect as soon as possible. So I want my, my questions in that sales process to really help somebody decide, uh, sorry, decide for themselves whether or not we're an appropriate match. And, you know, so I, I definitely agree with what your mentor shared with you. Good advice. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think that they've got to sell to everybody, but depending upon what it is you're selling, I mean, there have been many times when I honestly didn't feel that a coaching relationship with someone and myself as the coach, I didn't feel that they would be a good client for me. And I did not want to take them on. Now, if you're selling, you know, shampoo, it's a little bit different, but still, you know, if, if even you, there, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. your shampoo that's, you know, specially formulated for curly hair is not appropriate match for everybody, right? Like, absolutely. Yes. So yeah, that's a good sure. example. So, um, Merit, I know you've got a free gift for our listeners and viewers. How can, tell us a little bit about it and how they can get it from you. 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, resources on the site. So uh, the hub for everything is meritcon.com forward slash podcast. So M-E-R-I-T-K-A-H-N dot com forward slash podcast. And there you'll find a free download that you can learn a little bit more about the open for business framework that I mentioned with the three parts, mindset, mechanics, motion. You can also do um, what we call our SWOT analysis. uh, And that is, um, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. We didn't invent that, but it's uh, some specific questions. You go online, you ask some specific questions, and we will actually have somebody on our team Uh, not a boilerplate automated response, but we'll have somebody on our team record a short video for you. um, Just highlighting, you know, here's a couple of things that, you you know, would be smart to keep your attention on and, you know, dive a little deeper into this. And if it makes sense for us to have a conversation, we'll let you know. And and we can certainly schedule time to review that together in person um, or, you know, in person virtually. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So, and then there's some other links and downloads on that site. So yeah. Great. Love it. So to download the free open for business framework, go to merit, dot com slash podcast. So meritcon.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for sharing all this invaluable information today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Do you want to impact more people's lives and make a difference in the world? Do you want to create a closing search while coming from a place of total authenticity and integrity? Do you want to make more sales and money with ease? Do you want to enroll lots of new people without having to work nearly as hard? If yes, then this program is perfect for you. Check out Magic Conversations that close rejection free at www.gloriamcdonald.com slash magicconvos.